0: What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, we've got a new partner alert for you guys. Solace Meds. They're a premier dispensary with smoking hot deals to offer for you. Solace Meds has four convenient Colorado locations. One in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away on East Colfax from the DNVR bar. And the coolest thing right now is these guys are giving away a trip to Jamaica in the month of April. I'm not kidding. They're giving it away. All you have to do is head to one of their six locations, they also have two in Oklahoma City, and sign up to win a trip to Jamaica. They'll give you all the details on how to enter, or you can visit them at www.solacemeds.com sweepstakes to find the rules or just head into any location and ask a bud tender on how you can enter to win. Solace Meds makes your cannabis shopping experience a delight. You can head to their website, view their menu order online and pick up at your convenience. Just head to solacemeds.com and purchase from there. The Jamaica a Trip is a seven-night, all-inclusive trip to paradise, and Solace Meds is just blocks away from us at the DNVR Bar on East Colfax. They also have one on Broadway, Wheat Ridge, and in Fort Collins. And when you make your purchase, be sure to use the code DNVR20, that magical code DNVR20, and you'll save 20% off your entire purchase. There is no better way to celebrate the the month that includes 420 than with a trip to Solace Meds. They've got the best customer service, 20% off by using Using that magical code dnvr20 so make sure to get in on this because the trip to jamaica ends at the end of this month so head in in the next couple of days no purchase necessary open to legal residents of colorado 21 and over oklahoma 18 and over ends 4 30 21 official rules visit www.solacemeds.com sweepstakes void where prohibited all right mace let's hop into the show <laughs>
1: For the one and only D-N-V-R Two goes out to Zach May's Arcade At the bar. bar Three for Mr. B In that old trophy case Number four we're still waiting for Well, bring on the chase Out on the field A mile high Broncos win is our desire Couple with brick Brew and a friend Bleed orange and blue To the bitter Joe.
0: NVR Broncos podcast on this terrific Tuesday. We are only 48 hours away from the draft. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. Before we hop into the show, guys, gotta tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. They are the new urban online versity, uh, online university with learning outcomes that are equivalent to face-to-face courses, which is unheard of at other universities. But MSU Denver delivers. They have great gen ends, taught by real people, great completion options with full programs and virtual services to keep you healthy and happy on your way to graduation. They're the preeminent online university in the Rocky mountain region, and they don't care whether you're on campus or online. It's all the same degree to them. So make sure to check them out over at MSU Denver online, my boy Mace. What's shaking. We are only two days out from the start of the draft.
2: And thank God. (laughs) Oh, I, I, I can't can't take any more of this uh, <laughs> we're
0: i mean almost there mace no I, more mocks no more anything i know
2: I, I i went into uh i went on a twitter briefly earlier this hour or uh actually we're in the 9 a.m hour mountain time is record this so it was actually in the last hour and we're gonna get into why but uh i saw what was there and i'm just like oh boy here we go although <laughs> As as is often the case, sometimes in the midst of an avalanche of BS, you can find a corn kernel of truth.
1: Mm,
0: so, I mean, let's just dive in right now, Mace. What what's what's getting you in a bad mood today, and what could there be truth from? Okay, well, as
2: as we see right now, people are reacting to the Chris Sims mock, and of course, we've talked about Chris Sims. Uh, earlier because we got into his quarterback rankings uh, a few uh, a few weeks ago and his quarterback rankings are interesting is because he's taken some some interesting swings that have actually been valid now like his swing on the quarterback rankings this year was that Trevor Lawrence was not number 1 Zach Wilson Ooh. was Justin Fields for him was all the way down at number six. He had Kellen Mond, for example, at uh, at number four. Chris Sims is not really a follow the consensus guy. <laughs> He's certainly not. So that brings us to Chris's mock on Tuesday morning, which basically has draft Twitter aflame at this point, and. The thing that I think is BS is the notion, and I'll just come around and say it. He's got Justin Fields falling, 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 all the way to number 32.
0: Holy smokes. Wow.
2: He's got the Broncos looking at the board, and Fields is, of course, there for the taking. He's got going Lawrence, Wilson, Jones, one, two, three, Trey Lance trading number eight as Washington trades up with Carolina and then the Broncos taking Micah Parsons number nine
0: okay I mean not the worst pick in terms of talent and I think there's a lot of people that could agree with that
2: yeah that's the, the talent is fine it's everything else with Micah Parsons that would frankly make me very upset about that pick. yeah um or maybe not upset,
0: disappointed is a better word, I would say. Mm, yeah, you're not upset, you're disappointed. Just like it, just like a parent.
2: Yeah, basically, yeah. I'd <laughs> sort of
0: be viewing like a parent. Very, I'm very disappointing, you broncos.
2: <laughs> Justin Fields on his mock goes to the Buccaneers at 32. Oh and my goodness. Let me make this clear. I don't see this happening, even though it we're we're at the point where. You know, you have some whispers getting getting out, and you know, on on radio, my co-host over on Mile High Sports, Eric Goodman, um, does does not think that uh, uh, Justin Fields will be someone in in the Broncos' sights. And actually, he he does not think the Broncos will take a quarterback in round one. And you know, there are defensible reasons for that, but. Justin Fields falling to 32, that's is, that is a that is that, that's a reach and a half here. And <laughs> that being said, here's the kernel of truth to something like what Chris Sims puts out there. Because he has, for example, uh, he, he has Rashawn Slater, a tackle that we've talked about as being someone the Broncos might look at if they are picking at nine and don't go quarterback. He's got Rashawn Slater falling all the way to pick number 20 with the Chicago Bears. He's got, for example, two other tackles going ahead of Slater, those being uh, Christian Dariusaw uh, going to the Chargers, Elijah Vera Tucker going to the Minnesota Vikings, with, of course, Panay Sewell being off the board in the first seven picks. This, it's the notion of players... Quote unexpectedly falling, and I say quote or quote unquote unexpectedly falling, and I say that because we don't expect certain guys to fall, and every year players do, and it sort of takes our breath away. But this year, Zach, we've got less information, at least as as far as us in the media, less information at our fingertips than in other years because. Instead of the medicals happening at Indianapolis, at the Combine, where sometimes you kind of start to get some whispers about, uh, you know, some guy having a hamstring issue or some, uh, something that uh, was in a player's past that no one really knew about, we didn't have that this year. The, the, medicals, the medical cross-checks took place in Indianapolis. They took place earlier in April. So, frankly, I don't agree with the structure of what Chris Sims has. But the notion of players unexpectedly falling, and I don't even want to try to guess Zach, because again, we don't have we we don't have the same kind of uh, uh, inside knowledge of anything medical that we do in other uh, other years. I I can't even wager a guess on some of the guys who will fall because of information that they have that we don't have. The team, remember, teams have more information than we do, and this year I'd say they have a lot more information than we do.
0: Yeah, you're right, Mason. One thing, one one guy that doesn't really fall all that much is Caleb Farley. He goes 19 off the board. Uh, that, that would be falling a little bit, but not a huge fall for him. Other than right. that, what, what pushes some of these guys down is just a big run on tackles. I mean, you got five or six tackles going in the first round, but let's focus on that pick number 32. And boy, I would think that Tom Brady would be furious if Tampa Bay selected a quarterback, although it may be a smart move for their future. But But let's just say that Justin Fields falls, which I... If he gets to nine from everything I've heard, they're going to take him. They're not going to let him go by. What's crazy in here is this mock New England jumps from 15 to 11 with Justin Fields on the board. And you're saying, holy cow. Okay. This is their move to get Justin Fields. Nope. They go Jalen Waddle receiver. So they trade up for Jalen Waddle. If somehow Justin Fields falls past the Broncos, I don't think he's fallen past the Patriots, but in this mock draft, he does. And he just keeps falling and falling Mm -hmm. and falling until he finally gets picked with the last selection in the first round. Mace, if this happens, should the Broncos make a move to get back up in the first round?
2: Frankly, Zach, if this somehow happened, I would be very surprised the Broncos did not make a move to get back up in round one. And that is something of course, that George Payton and the Vikings did. Uh, They've, they twice, it twice they did it twice including once for a quarterback teddy bridgewater and again you talk about kind of the guy falling i remember teddy bridgewater falling now in that case there were some reasons that were more evident to the naked eye than 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 inside information you remember for teddy bridgewater back in 2014 there was the pro day that was perceived to be unimpressive And that led to some questions. Okay. But does this guy have enough arm talent and he ends up falling to the end of the first, to the first round and uh, the Vikings move back in and and pick him. Shoot. I remember sitting there in the uh, uh, Broncos.com draft room, that draft seeing Bridgewater falling and just randomly saying, Hey, if you're Denver, don't you have to think about taking him? Of course they took Bradley Roby that year. Um, They had yes, I know they had Brock Osweiler, but uh, I thought Teddy Bridgewater was a better prospect than Brock Osweiler. So, (laughs) you know, that's that's just the sort of thing that I I would toss out there. And you know what? It would actually, pardon me, I was I had a little bit of a dry throat there, a little bit of a cotton mouth. I think it would make sense if he fell like that, unless he fell for reasons that made the Broncos take him off their board. And, you know, what would those, what would those reasons be? I mean, something, something surprising on the medical perhaps.
0: Well, and, and it's something that came out last week, it, it dealing with epilepsy um and now it doesn't seem like that's impacted his football career no. much but that is something just with the the unknowns now teams have known about this before the media found out last week but that doesn't mean that teams are comfortable with it necessarily and i could see that scaring some teams saying using a top 10 pick on a guy that we just we we have this information and we don't know much about because this is much different uh from a medical perspective than someone coming off a torn acl you know that's that's very clear you know what the recovery is like teams can look at it and see that epilepsy you can't necessarily look at at something and see exactly what's going on and feel comfortable about that now to me because it hasn't impacted him and i'm sure they can look at his medical history it wouldn't bother me And, and i would still use a top 10 pick but mace Teams in the NFL play scared. And so this is something that could make him fall. Now, I don't think it's going to make him fall all the way to 32, but I could see it making a team be a little gun shy of pulling the trigger on him in the top 10, even though I wouldn't do it. But this situation really reminds me of just two years ago with Drew Locke And that's what concerns me a bit. And let, let's say Justin Fields is falling. Not because of any medical concerns. It's just because of the player he is. It would concern me that if the Broncos pass on him at nine, first, first, if the Broncos don't trade up to six or seven when he's there, tiny bit of, of concern because I'm thinking, okay, they don't really love him. If he's there at nine and they don't take him, I'm thinking, okay, they really don't love him. And that's what happened with drew lock. The Broncos didn't trade up for him. They didn't take him in the first round. In fact, they didn't take him in the first round twice. They traded back from 10 at 20. They didn't take him. And then the second round rolls around and they didn't take him with their first pick in the second round. Finally take him with their fourth pick in the draft. And this, this would remind me of that in terms of just wait, do you, do you like the guy or not? Do do you, is he your quarterback of the future or not? Because if he's the quarterback of your future and you fully believe in that you're not passing on him three different times or four different times. In fact, you're you're just simply not, I guess the difference here though, is you're passing on him once and then you're moving up to go get him. So it would be a little different, but still you would have told us by picking Micah Parsons instead of Justin Fields that you don't love Justin Fields.
2: Yeah. Now, the interesting thing, of course, we talk about fields in the medical and the epilepsy thing uh, that came out. A couple of things. Number one, sounds like this has been common knowledge among teams for quite a while and even common and common knowledge at at Ohio State. Number two, even though teams would be might be skittish just about anything. You know, there's no evidence that it's affected his play, affected his ability to learn offense. And then there was one guy on Twitter who put out there, oh, uh, might this be like a sickle cell trait, uh, you know, where it's exacerbated at elevation. I asked a couple of doctors about that, and they said that was complete nonsense. So, yeah, just if, if you saw that on, on Twitter, I'm not I'm not going to dignify uh, the, the the person by sharing um, twitter handle on that because this guy's also said a, has said a lot of crap over the years so, so 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 there's that the other thing is you talk about drew Locke perceived to be falling okay let's just take a quick look at other quarterbacks that you could say fell uh, un- fell some someone unexpectedly at least us last year there wasn't anybody who fell unexpectedly you know, Jordan Love went late first round, but I don't think any of us thought he'd go high anyway. No. 2019, obviously, it was uh, – obviously, you had Drew Locke uh, that went from a guy that some people thought could go top 10. Yep. I know there was at least one mock that had him going number two <laughs> and <laughs> goes all the way to, to 42. And uh, the, the, the 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 jury is very much out on Drew right now, so – 2018, I, I would. Would you say Lamar Jackson fell, or did he? I mean, it seemed no, like based on I what we so. knew, yeah, that he, what we knew, he was a he was going late first round, so he's not somebody I would say fell. 2017, no one really fell, although there were some that thought Deshaun Kaiser might go earlier, and Deshaun Kaiser goes at 52, and he's a bust. Uh, 2016 paxton lynch probably went le- later than a lot of people thought hikes didn't work out nope uh 2015 you had qbs one two and then none in on in the first two rounds so 2014 johnny football goes to 22 same year as teddy bridgewater now bridgewater's worked out all right I mean, just average, not great. Manziel, we know, is a bust. 2013, Geno Smith is sitting there in the green room until, until the second round. Oh, yikes. Um, 2012, nothing really that kind of jumps out as far as a guy falling. Uh, 2011, same thing. No one really jumps out as someone who, un- quote, unquote, unexpectedly fell. 2010, Jimmy Clausen out of Notre Dame. Doesn't go until pick 48. A lot of people thought he'd go in the first round. Mel Kiper Jr. thought he'd go much higher. Jimmy Clausen is an absolute bust. 29, 2009, no. 2008, everyone was kind of where you expected. 07, Brady Quinn. Remember, Dolphins fans chanting, we want Quinn, we want Quinn. (laughs) And Cam Cameron, then the coach of Miami, gives him Ted Ginn, or as he famously said, Ted Ginn and his family. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
2: oh wow <laughs> oh gosh oh so Mace, what, what yeah. we're what we're saying what, 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 yes what God. we're saying is yeah. stay away from these guys right well yeah well even though i get back to 05 and it's aaron Rodgers. that's
0: so far away
2: <laughs> oh <laughs> out of the 15 draft sample size that's how long it is but you start to say but a pattern starts to emerge when we look at the quarterbacks who fell from where many thought they might go and the pattern is that they fell for a reason right and the reasons more often than not may have proved to be justified based on what
0: we've seen yeah yeah and And that's something to take into consideration is why are these guys fine again? and unless it's the epilepsy. and And honestly, I kind of wish that if the Broncos do make a move back up after passing on Justin Fields, that it is because of that. And because what, what we would say is, well, it hasn't proved to hurt his football career at all. Now, instead of being, well, we didn't like his slow processing. And obviously they wouldn't say that, but that's kind of what it would point to is it point to the negatives in his game. If it wasn't because of a medical decision, then the Broncos would luck out in that sense. If he does fall because of his medical and then the medical, turns out to be nothing in his career as it has seemed to been throughout college. Mm-hmm. But if it's because they have major question marks about his game then why are you using a first round pick on him? Even if it is a late first round pick and you trade, you know, two seconds to move back up into the first round pick, we've seen that happen. The Broncos have a quarterback on their roster right now that they had major questions about. And so far, you know what, we're in a spot two years later where the Broncos are looking at upgrading that position right now at quarterback and potentially completely replacing drew lock. So to me, it, it, it wouldn't make the most sense. Me personally, I would love it because you get Justin Fields in here Mm -hmm. and he costs you that, you know, uh, a second and a third in order to get him. That would be fantastic. But from an organizational standpoint, it wouldn't make that much sense when we're talking about the quarterback position. I want an all in move because we haven't seen an all in move at the quarterback position since Peyton Manning was here because there hasn't been that all in move. The the result hasn't been surprising. It hasn't been good. Well, they did trade up for Paxton Lynch. I mean, okay, but if you're drafting a quarterback in the 20s, that is not an investment. And
2: especially pick number 26 is a danger zone. I mean, that's uh, again, it's fascinating to look at the last 15 years and realize that your chances of finding uh, a quarterback who's worthy of a second contract, worthy of being the guy are about the same on day two as they are in the back half of day one but again that's in the last 15 years you expand it out beyond that and go for a 30-year sample size and uh it's a there's it's a, there's a little more of a benefit to taking a quarterback in the, in that range compared to the second round but not the not, not a lot not you know it's it, you're definitely in the you pick a quarterback there you're definitely in the realm of misses outnumbering hits yeah um now the funny thing is George Payton for you know his years with the Vikings saw them use two picks in the first round on quarterbacks. They had another pick right before he got there a year before he got there which was a second rounder on Tavares Jackson. The quarterback taken in the top 12 was Christian Ponder, bust. The quarterback taken in the back half of the of of the second of the first round was Teddy Breakswater. not bad but not not someone who is going to be more than average i mean teddy Breakswater actually uh, ends up being in the conversation as um not a big hit but a hit just because you see now he's going into year he's going into year 8 he was league average last year he was league average when he played for the saints the year before, but still not, not something that uh, is, is really kind of is really making you say, wow. And then of course, I mean, he's looking for
0: his new third new team. Exactly.
2: He's, he's
0: headed toward
2: Steve DeBerg, Ryan Fitzpatrick territory
0: where without excitement,
2: he keeps getting starting gigs because he can learn a system fast. He's a really good teammate. And, Coaches like him, players like him, but he's not somebody you're building around.
0: No, exactly. No, certainly not. And so Mace, I want to look not just at Chris Chris Sims mock draft, but I want to look more generally away from quarterbacks at are there any other players that the Broncos can capitalize on? If they start to fall, and whether that's trade up to 32 or trade back late into the first round to grab a second guy in the first round, or whether it's maybe trade up from 40 to you know early second round, maybe they go from 40 to 35 because a guy's still on the board. And one name that that jumps out to me, especially when looking at Chris Sims mock draft, is he doesn't have any running backs taken in mm-hmm. the first round. And to me, man, Najee Harris and Travis Etienne, they're both first round guys in my opinion, if those guys fall, I don't see the Broncos moving up into the first round to go get them. But man, if they're there at 35 and you flip, uh, you know, 40 and a sixth in order to go up and get that guy and you get a first round type of running back to me, that would be a great move. What what, what other guys kind of jump out to you either move up in the second or move back in late into the first?
2: Well, I think, you went where I was going to go, which is running back. And a reason why you would go there is uh, just simply, but simply because that's something that could help you right now, even though, yeah, you got Melvin Gordon. He's your running back one, but you would like a second running back there just in case he gets hurt. Yeah. You've got Royce Freeman. Yeah. You've got Mike Boone, but that's something that you want to improve. You can, and you can see on the horizon with Melvin Gordon in the last year of his two-year contract, you can see that being an, a need. And so even though we know Pack Shermer would prefer to have a bell cow back, and certainly Melvin Gordon would still be the bell cow back uh, when they started camp, running back would make some sense. And you talk about, okay, what's the cost of doing that? Well, let's take a look at the two trades like this that Minnesota made to mm. get back up into round one, 2012. Harrison Smith out of Notre Dame, still with the team. This is a great move for the Minnesota Vikings. They give up pick 35. So they they moved up six spots, 35 to 29. And the cost of that was an early fourth round pick number 98. By the way, that pick became someone who was an offseason Bronco. You remember Gino Gradkowski?
0: Oh, yes, of course. Yeah,
2: that trade ended up being... Courtney Upshaw and Gino Kradkowski going to Baltimore, and Harrison Smith going to the Minnesota Vikings. You would say the Vikings won that trade and won it in a landslide. Now let's fast forward to 2014. This is the year the Vikings move up for Teddy Bridgewater, and they get the fifth-year option on him, and that's key. That is why you 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 saw, for example, the Lamar Jackson deal in 2018. Uh, Getting that fifth year option on a quarterback in particular is something of value, and that's why if one of these five quarterbacks somehow fell, they would go in round one. I don't think it'd be at thirty-two. I think their fall would stop somewhere in the twenties. But the fifth year option is key. So Minnesota trades with Seattle. Again, they go up. This time they go up eight spots. They go forty to thirty-two. The Broncos sitting at forty right now, and it ends up being for a fourth round pick number 108 that's the cost of moving up eight spots and uh oh
0: easy mace
2: yeah i mean if if someone you really like has fallen it's there and of course and the thing with the vikings and you can look at my story on thedmvr.com for an example of like trades that they make and what they've done it's not that the vikings don't Trade up in 2017, for example, they trade up within the second round with Cincinnati to pick Dalvin Cook. So good pick, yeah, that's a very good pick. And so we we can sit here and we can now we can talk about three examples in the middle of round two or earlier where the Vikings, with George Payton on the staff as Rick Spielman's right hand, move up six to eight spots. And get a guy and two of them turned out to be terrific picks in Dalvin Cook and Harrison Smith and Teddy Bridgewater was on track to be to doing fine until he had that horrific knee injury. Well, and Mace, so,
0: it's also a great example yeah. of trading up for a running back specifically yeah. and, and a very talented running back personally, Mace, I have no idea wouldn't why Najee Harris wouldn't go in the first round. I think it would just be because teams wouldn't value the running back position, but in terms, in terms of a prospect and heck, maybe it's because I have crimson glasses on, but I think in terms of a prospect, he is absolutely a first round talent.
2: Well, he's a high character prospect as well. I mean, uh, we've seen a lot of examples of that, but the one that came of course out during the pre-draft process here in the last few months was driving back to Tuscaloosa from Texas to go watch his teammates work out in a pro day. And so I kind of come back to this. If character and culture, we hear the culture word thrown out a lot from the Broncos the last few weeks, but if character and culture matter, then Najee Harris is going to be somebody that intrigues the Broncos. And I think he does intrigue the Broncos and someone like uh, Micah Parsons may not be somebody who fits the Broncos right now, Uh, just to kind of, just to kind of put, put out there. But again, there are, there are some things that teams know that we don't. And that, that has been true before. It's more true this year than other years. It'll be true in future drafts. And we're going to see some things unexpectedly. If running, if a running back now like Najee Harris falls, it's simply because of how teams value running backs in the draft equation. And that, and we've seen the the value of running backs, unless your name is Dave Gettleman, fall in the last five to ten years, especially in terms of the value that you get out of the pick. That's why a running back would fall maybe relative to perception. Uh, rather unexpectedly like if if Najee Harris fell to 40 then he, that then th- that's that's where the fall would then become about something with Najee Harris if Najee Harris falls into the late in the late in the first round then that's because of the value of the running back position right like you remember um oh gosh uh the, the it was uh, Eddie Lacy, mm. he fell because of an injury if right. his fall had stopped early in the second round, it would have been about the value of the running back position, even though uh, running back was still had, still had more draft value that back then than it does now. But then he fell further because of the injury. If Najee Harris uh, is sitting there late in the first round, that's not injury. That is okay. Teams just don't value the position. If Najee Harris falls to the middle of the second round, that's some, that means something, there's something that we don't know about
0: still absolutely wild to me that Derrick Henry fell to the second round. And that's just why it would be another mistake to let another great, big Alabama athletic, fast, smart running back fall to the second round. So Mace, I have another one for you who might fall because of an injury. And that is Caleb Farley. And Mm -hmm. we have seen Caleb Farley, quote unquote, fall since it came out that he had back surgery. Uh, But we've seen him fall from like a potential pick for the Broncos at nine, potentially being the number one cornerback off the board. We've seen him fall to kind of late teens, early 20s. But let's say he does fall late 20s, uh, maybe even into the 30s. Is that something where the Broncos could and should make a move up to get one of the most talented, if not the most talented cornerback in the class?
2: Absolutely. Unless the medicals on him reveal something uh, degenerative that that's the whole thing. I mean, of course he had uh, the back surgery earlier this offseason and by all accounts should be ready to go. But what if the medicals revealed something that was chronic
1: right. and
2: especially in his back and, 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 and the projection was, okay, this guy may not last uh, more than four or five years. And, and that's something that, that does cause guys to fall unexpectedly. If a medical comes back and it's not just the injury that the player is dealing with in the moment, but that injury is actually uh, part of a chronic pattern and the team doctors and trainers come back and say, uh, we project him to have a three or four year career. Mm, now there are guys who defy that sort of expectation all the time because you know it's it's like actuarial tables right i mean it's what you maybe expect an average person to live based on certain specific uh conditions and scenarios but you know you have people who are on the high side give people on the low side of that so you know maybe maybe you get lucky in that regard but if Caleb Farley falls to that point, it is because I, I think if he falls past, say, pick 23 or 24. I think that means that there's something deeper beyond just the surgery that he had. Uh, another thing that also com- that, that also is a wild card here is the the shape that these players were in when they worked out for teams. If they took the 2020 season off because of COVID and we've seen multiple general managers, including George Payton, allude to the fact that if a player took the year off and was not in shape for pro day, then that's something to be concerned about. What were they doing in the interim last year w- right why why weren't they in shape for what effectively is a huge job interview you don't have the combine the combine they used to say is the biggest job interview uh, in sports and you didn't have the combine so the pro days effectively replaced the combine as for each player the biggest job interview they were going to have and if you showed up out of shape yeah it's fair to say that teams ought to wonder hey what's going on here
0: right Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And I think if, if Caleb Farley falls, I do think it would be because there's some big time medical concerns and ones that would scare teams off. So if you were to trade up for him, it would be a gamble because you would be saying, okay, We're getting a top 10 talent, but the reason is because of an injury and not just because of back surgery, but because of what it could lead to in the future. Now, if you're getting him because he falls because he's going to have to miss this coming season or he's going to have to start slow this season. Then you of any team in the league can capitalize the most on that because the Broncos don't need a first round cornerback to come in, step in and play it at an elite level. Heck, you could just redshirt him. If you really wanted uh, to, to, to get a talented player, you could redshirt him. And man, would that be a great value pick if he was falling just because teams say, ah, he can't be a week one starter for us. He's not going to be a week one starter for the Broncos anyway. So that would be fantastic right there. Mace, any, any other guys jump out to you about potential guys that the Broncos could capitalize on if they fall. Mm.
2: If they, that's the thing we're talking about guys that, uh, that might, that, that might fall. And you could say unexpectedly. Um, well, you saw in Chris Sims' mock draft for Sean Slater falling into the 20s. Maybe if he fell further than pick 20 and got to the late 20s, then he's somebody the Broncos uh, think about and, and maybe move back into, uh, into round one for. I mean, uh, you, you you go Taven Jenkins, a tackle out of Oklahoma State, for example. Uh, what, it, you know. I I see him on at least on some big boards in the mid-20s. But what if he's sitting there at 32 and maybe you had him going earlier? Then uh, is that the point where you pull the trigger and say, okay, let's move up, let's sacrifice uh, a fourth-round pick and go up and get somebody that uh, could at least push Juwan James and maybe is starting uh, if James – doesn't stay healthy this year, and then is your long-term tackle of the future? These are, you know, Christian Darisol out of Virginia Tech. Even though I don't think he's going to fall, uh, what if he fell into the late twenties? For example, uh, those are guys that jump out out to me. Ta- tackles in general. Um, another one is, uh, let's say that Jeremiah Wustukor Mora is sitting there at about pick twenty-eight. I think he'll right. go. I think he'll go somewhere between pick fifteen and pick twenty-two. But if he's there 28, 29, 30, I think you think about moving back up and grabbing him.
0: Yeah, especially because you'd feel very comfortable that Vic would be able to use him in the proper sense. And that's probably why he'd be falling is just because of his awkward size. Is he a linebacker? Is he a safety? If Vic gives a sign that, yeah, I can use him wherever, then boom. You do make that move, but I think something we'd be remiss for not saying in this conversation is George Payton doesn't like trading a lot of draft picks away in order to have a few good ones. He likes to do the opposite. He likes to trade good draft picks away in order to get, uh, you know, quantity and and, uh, have more day three picks. So this is something where it would really have to be the right guy for it to happen. You're not just going to see this happen every single year with George Payton.
2: You're not going to see it happen every year. But you're going to see it happen from from time to time. I mean, uh, you go back and, and look at the history of uh, the recent history of the Vikings, you know, and and I dove into just literally the last four years, of the Vikings, because I think it's an interesting sample size. And the Vikings end up with and basically end up with a net of plus 10 picks from their pick for pick moves. So for so, for example, I did not include the Stefan Diggs trade in this because that involved a player, even though they effectively got uh, they they effectively got his replacement when they uh, when they picked Justin Jefferson in round one. And you look at the at the at the straight up pick for pick trades, Zach, and they had 17 of them. In the last four years and of those 17, one, two, three, four of them saw the Vikings end up with fewer picks at the end of the trade than at the beginning. And they were and a couple of them, for example, were in 2017 when in the second round they moved up seven spots to take Dalvin Cook, like we mentioned earlier. In the third round, they moved up nine spots to t- take offensive lineman Pat line. So it's not something that they're unwilling to do. But then, Zach, the Vikings followed, tho- followed those trades by being very busy and having five more trades involving day three picks that increased the number of selections to the point where even with those two trades on day two, The result of all these seven deals that they made within that draft was that they had two more picks than they started out with, and that's that's the thing that 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 is key. If if George Payton were to move up from forty to thirty-two and sacrifice the fourth round pick to do it, then I think you see some real movement. In other picks for the Broncos, you know, turning you know a fifth rounder into two fifth in, into a fifth a lower fifth rounder and a sixth rounder. I right. think we see that to kind of recoup. And he he put the number out there last week, ten picks, sort of a sort of a, a magic spot for what he would like to end up with. Right now they're sitting at nine, so I think regardless of what happens uh, with the first two picks, if the Broncos if the Broncos move up. Uh, From nine to six, if the Broncos move up from 40 to 31, say, uh, I think that's well and good. But I I think even if they but even if they don't move up, I think you're going to see a trade down to accumulate at least one more pick than they had coming into this. Because, as he said, he wants, quote, more darts. He wants more darts
0: at the board. Be on the lookout for tons and tons of trades for the Broncos, specifically on day two. Would not be surprised to see them trade back a couple of times on day two. And this is so exciting, Mace. I absolutely love this. We're almost there. The speculation is almost over. And, guys, the best place to get in on all of the draft coverage is not only at the DNBR, but it is at DraftKings Sportsbook. And the draft is the most exciting day of the season. And for others, it's a chance to build on last year's success and whether your team has the first pick, which none of you guys do. The Broncos have the ninth overall pick. And boy, wouldn't be surprised to see a trade up or a trade back. And the fun thing, we're talking about all these players and where they're gonna land, Mace. One thing you can do on DraftKings Sportsbook is bet on the over-unders of where these guys are going to be drafted. So if you really think that that Caleb Farley isn't going to fall, well, take the under. If you think that Najee Harris is going to fall, I wouldn't bet on this. But You can take the over on his draft position, Justin Fields as well. Go check out everything that DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer. And right now they're giving you a chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. If a quarterback is drafted first overall on Thursday night, guys, Trevor Lawrence is going one overall. Heck, if it's Zach Wilson, it doesn't matter. As long as a quarterback is drafted, they'll turn $1 into $100 in free bets. And that's all that has to happen. A quarterback taken first. So, check everything that they've got going out over at DraftKings Sportsbook for the draft. It is so much fun. It is such a fun way to follow the draft by hitting these over-unders and so many other things they've got going on. So head to the app store now, download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR when you sign up for a chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets if the, if a quarterback is drafted with the first overall pick on Thursday night. And don't forget, enter the code DNVR during sign up. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Winnings paid out in free bets. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.
2: When it comes to car and home insurance, don't we deserve better? I do. I know you do as well. And lots of members and staff at DMVR put their policy to test and turned to Gabby. And when they did, Gabby saved them literally hundreds of dollars. For example, Eric Weedham, you know him as D-Line Co saved over 1,300 bucks. Gabby, let me tell you about what it stands for, G-A-B-I. That literally means get a better insurance. And getting better insurance with Gabby means getting a better price for the same coverage. It's the one true comparison platform with real rates. And they'll give you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage compared with 40 of the top insurance providers, including big names like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers doing it all in one place. So here's what you do take your current insurance information and get started. In just minutes you're going to be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage that you currently have and guess what it's free to use. It only takes minutes to it only takes minutes to do. You may find out, hey, you're already getting the best price for insurance if that's the case you can, you know, sleep peacefully at night knowing that you've got the best insurance rate, but you also might find out that you're paying way too much. Gabby customers actually on average, save $961 per year on their insurance. What do you have to lose? Look, Gabby is not going to sell your information. So just because you put your personal information in there uh, to find out about a better coverage, uh, like your phone, like uh, your address and so forth, guess what? You're not going to get any spam or robocalls. They're not going to come after you. They're just going to give you a comparison rate and then let you go on with your life unfettered, undisturbed. So put your policy a test like we did here at DMVR and get a better insurance with Gabby, G-A-B-I, get a better insurance. It's totally free to check out and there's no obligation. So go to Gabby.com slash dnvr. That's G-A-B-I.com slash dnvr. so they can know that your friends at DMVR sent you to Gabby Insurance.
0: And speaking of your friends over at DNVR, we'd love if you came in to the, if you left the friend zone and became part of the family over at DNVR and became a member with us guys. Uh, And one thing that you get is you get the exclusive right to leave comments on our podcast, which are read every single day before or during the shows. And you also get access to a members only discord where Twitter can kind of be a rough place to be on, especially if the Broncos don't draft a quarterback people are going to be down, but head over to the members only discord where it's always a good vibe and always the talk that you want to be talking about when it comes to Broncos, you get to read all of our content, not just Broncos, but all, all of our draft coverage. Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, Colorado Exos, Rams, Buffs. You get it all. You get a free DNVR t-shirt with an annual membership. The, a t-shirt of your choice, by the way. You get a big beer for the price of a small beer at the DNVR bar. You get the chance to hop on the red zone with us. And a fun new perk for the next couple hundred members. If you sign up and become an annual DNVR member, you'll get a free recovery holistic stick from Holistic Wellness. And that recovery stick packs 10 milligrams of CBD. And that one is focused on Recovery. And also, for anyone listening to our pod, if you use the code DNVR30 over at holisticwellness.com, you'll get 30% off any purchase over at holisticwellness.com. So make sure to check them out, H O L I S T I K wellness.com, and you'll get yourself hooked up with a free recovery holistic stick with 10 milligrams of CVD when you sign up for an annual membership with us. And guys, it just really also supports us when you become a member. And when you do, make sure to drop a comment. Comment in the comment section and Mace, let's get to those comments. Now, first one coming in from orange and blue all over. Howdy, gents. Happy draft week. Looking forward to the DNVR watch party. Thought it was going to be fun to play a game with what's more likely to celebrate. All right, Mace, I'm going to hit you with some scenarios. Tell me what's more likely. A Broncos trade up for a quarterback. B Chargers trade up for an offensive tackle. A trade up for a quarterback. Love it. Next one. A Broncos draft a quarterback in the first round B Broncos trade for a quarterback on draft night.
2: Are we talking about draft night one or a draft night or all Just draft nights
0: during the draft?
2: You know, if about a week ago I thought it was more likely they trade for a quarterback if they, but uh, given the fact that the guy that they would trade for is Teddy Bridgewater and they would have to work out something regarding his salary. I I think Bridgewater could still be on his way if the Broncos don't go quarterback in round one, but uh, it might take a little bit after the draft. So I'm going to go with a,
0: yeah, just like we talked about yesterday, Mace, it really seems like it's Justin Fields Mm -hmm. or Teddy Bridgewater, maybe some Mac Jones in there as well. Excuse me. You okay, Uh, Zach? You okay? Yes. Yes. I'm, uh, you know, just, uh, maybe some allergies coming in, but, uh, Mace, I'm going to go with a as well, just cause that's what we all want. Next one, a Broncos trade back twice in the first round or Broncos trade up to four.
2: A. I do not think the Broncos are going up uh, to four. I don't think they're going to pay the price necessary to go up to pick four, which would almost certainly involve a future first round pick. Although, uh, Cynthia Freeland, the analytics guru over at NFL.com. She put out there some trades that she thought would make sense. And one of them was the Broncos moving up from four, from nine to four for only a second rounder. Hey, I think if they could do that, they certainly would if uh, the quarterback was really in their sights, but I can't see Atlanta doing it for only that, even though it would make sense on the Jimmy Johnson draft value chart that we like to cite i think atlanta's going to hold out for more than that
0: yeah no i i totally agree um if you could do it for a second absolutely without a doubt all right next one mason i agree with you i don't think they trade up to four because it'll cost a first next one a broncos trade with miami for six or b broncos trade with miami for 18
2: i think it's a trade for six this is where i think you're talking about uh, the trade up becoming something that really falls into play is at pick six.
0: I agree. Next one, a Broncos draft a running back in the first round B Broncos draft edge rusher in the first round.
2: A and it would, this would be the product of a couple of trade downs, uh, getting uh probably into the, in the, into the twenties to take a running back Uh the edge rusher value, even though uh they're intrigued by uh Jason Owe. We, we know of course that George Payton was at the Penn state pro day back in March. The value on X rusher in the first round this year is really not great. I would prefer that they, they wait on that one.
0: I agree. I, uh, I definitely think it would be either a trade back or a trade up, but I think it'll be running back between those two. And second to last one, a Mac is picked in the top 14 to someone other than San Francisco or B fields drops to nine.
2: Hmm. Well, we know what Chris Sims
0: thinks. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do. I'm going to go. Fields drops to nine here. Um, I am not convinced that Mac goes in uh, the top 14 if it's not to San Francisco. And the more and more I see, the more confident I feel of Justin Fields falling. Yeah, Uh, to nine, uh, not to 32.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, like, what do you just from what from the buzz out there, that sort of thing? Exactly. Yeah. The uh, the 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 misinformation uh, and disinformation um, train is is, is rolling uh, in a way that it it hasn't rolled in some other draft years. I'll say this: I do think it's more likely Fields drops to nine, um, but that's but that's because I think San Francisco listening to Kyle Shanahan on Monday, Zach. It sounds to me like they're picking Mac Jones unless they're all tra- unless they're trying to give everybody the okie doke. Now,
0: that's what uh, everything points to.
2: Now, that that being said, um, something that my radio partner, Eric Goodman, uh, was able to gather is is based on his conversations suggested that. In the 49ers building, there's a little bit of uh, attention of tension there because his assertion is that Kyle Shanahan wants Mac Jones, but others in the organization want, want Trey Lance. So,
0: yeah. And that's one thing that, uh, that I think Kyle specifically said, not about those guys, but said, you know, we, we're, we're narrowing in and we just want everyone on the same page. So it seems like that's exactly what's happening. Uh, and uh, if Kyle wants Mac Jones, John Lynch gets him Mac Jones, no doubt about it. And Mace, last one coming in: A, national mock drafters spend five minutes of research on Broncos to finally realize we signed cornerbacks in free agency, or B, Roger Goodell is not booed at the draft.
2: Oh my! What's what's more likely? Yep. Believe it or not, it's 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 more likely that Roger Goodell is not booed than yeah. <laughs> mock drafters research the Broncos a, a little bit to a, to see what they did at cornerback, although. Corner could be in play. But the thing that you kind of come back to is uh, pick pick nine. If they stand pat there, that's got to be somebody who, if it's not a quarterback is going to help you right away. And that's you not corner.
0: So. Yeah. You, you would certainly think so. I love those orange and blue. Thanks oh, for those, doing that. Those
2: are wonderful. Those are, thank you very much. orange and blue for those. Those are fun Walker. Hey guys, quick. What would you do scenario for you? The Broncos make you interim GM. Giving you the ability to control the draft, and any of their signings you might want to make this off season. Your goal is to get the team to win as many games as possible this year, so they can sign you up as their as their GM long term. What we should do?
0: Ooh, okay. I'm uh, I'm going quarterback this year, and I'm going Justin Fields if he's there. Or I mean, assuming Mac Jones is gone, but Mac Jones would probably get you the most wins this year. But I, would I think say you, so. I think you need to upgrade yeah. the quarterback position in order to get the most wins this year.
2: Yeah. I mean, if we're actually just talking about, okay, what uh, will allow me to win as many games as possible this year? uh, Justin Fields more than Trey Lance is, is the play. Right. Um, But if we're talking about wins, I'm saying, all right, screw it. I'm going to bring in another quarterback. I'm going to bring in Teddy Bridgewater. If we can get him to knock his salary down a little bit, I'm going to bring Teddy in, or I'm going to bring in Gardner Minshew. I'm going to stack that room. Let the best, man win um if i'm eight and if we're talking about just this year then i'm trying to maybe use a 2022 pick to move up and get to pick six if that's what it takes to assure myself of justin fields and then i've still got my second round pick and looking long and hard at a a running back there uh you know i think one of javante williams Najee Harris, Travis Etienne is going to be there at pick 40. And that's going to be my pick in, in round two.
0: Mm, Love it. Love it, Mace. So, oh
2: man, this is, this is wild. Count Locula. Mac Jones in spoonerism form is pronounced Jack Moans, which is the best of the rookie bunch. Although Lay Trans isn't bad either. What's your favorite spoonerism that you use often? Mine is shake a tower when I need to wash myself. Love the count, Zach. Are you familiar with spoonerism?
0: I have no idea what a spoonerism is, but of course, if Count knows, you know, right? Okay, what it
2: is is uh, this goes all the, this goes all the way back to the early the the late 19th early 20th century a guy named William Archibald Spooner who was uh someone from who was the warden of new college at Oxford who would basically kind of mix up his consonants and mix up his his, his vow his vowels and uh <laughs> he did it unintentionally this was kind of just the way he uh, uh the, the, this was kind of the, the way he 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 operated but we would do it like with with intention like for example a uh, one that i like to I, I like to use them with profanities okay to kind of get away with a profanity <laughs> right. in in more civil circles
0: uh for example you'd say that the the fit hits the shan right <laughs> right oh i think i do uh what did i say uh they were shooting the ship does that work uh, it would have
2: to, well, the thing is it would have to be basically transposing either consonant sounds or, or viol- or, 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 vowel sounds. Mm, the problem gotcha. is ship rather than the Brown word, uh, you you where's the P coming from?
0: Uh, mm, I'm trying to gotcha. think. Gotcha. Like,
2: um, like for example, uh, a one you uh, you'd, you'd, you'd if you had a spoonerism to talk about going to the bathroom, you'd say you're going to pick a test.
0: Gotcha. Well, yeah. So since the count, I don't even know what it is. Uh, I, I don't use them. Mace, anything you go to? Well, like I said, I, I, the, fit
2: hit, the Fit Hits the Shan is uh, one that uh, I, I've used. I, I believe it was uttered in, um, oh gosh, uh, Wag the Dog back in the 1990s, a, a very good political movie uh, back then. Um, but there's a William H. Macy's character says that at one point he plays an FBI agent. Um, that that's one there. There aren't any that kind of just that jump off the, uh, the, 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 top of the top of my head. Um, um, I mean, I guess if you want to have some fun with a team name in, in Denver, you do the, uh, cockies.
0: <laughs> wow. Cockies. That's, uh, that's something um, They're certainly not cocky or, right now or the, uh, Ben,
2: the, uh, uh, the Brenver donkos,
0: <laughs> the donkos, man. That sounds like things are going really bad and, and people are, you know, wearing bags over their heads, going to the games. Maybe maybe if the team has a bad year this year, they'll call I'll call them the uh
2: the Bren Bernonkos.
0: No, oh, geez, yeah. That means but I, that means everything's bad. I, I think team people
2: prefer to do the the bonkos one. Like remember that hat that got messed up last summer? <laughs> yeah. That was for exactly. sale. The bonkos.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Good one, the count. I love it. Next oh. one coming in from Casper. Fellas. If the board doesn't fall the way Denver wants on Thursday, how would you feel about Denver trading nine to Baltimore for 27 and 31?
2: I'd feel a lot better if you got rid of one of those uh, two picks and uh, made one of them a first rounder for next year, maybe even another pick for next year.
0: Mm, Yeah, I wonder if you could trade a first round pick this year for a first round pick next year. It, It would probably be only to a good team like the Chiefs or something.
2: Yeah, but but as far as uh, kind of just saying, all right, we're gonna we're gonna take a, instead of twenty seven and thirty one, you're saying, all right, I'll I'll give you another deal. Twenty, it'll be twenty seven and the round one pick next year, and maybe just to kind of to give yourself a little bit more value because picks in the future draft are not perceived in draft trades that have the same value as those this year. You even get a, a fourth a, a fourth or a fifth round pick back from Baltimore in order to to, to do that kind of deal. I'd rather have that so, because so because, because if, I yeah.
0: agree I agree with you on that, but that's not the question. Would you yeah. trade nine for 27 and 31? I
2: wouldn't because I want because okay. I want fu- I want future capital. I, I'd tell them, hey, look, I appreciate it. If you're willing to take that 31 and make it at least a first round pick next year, let's talk. If not, it's a hard pass. The, because okay. if you trade if you trade down The goal needs to be draft capital for 22 because your quarterback position is unresolved. And if true lock doesn't make a multi-level jump, you're going to be in the quarterback market next year.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm not doing that because it's you're falling too far with both of those picks. Mm -hmm. Next one from Von Miller's chicken farm. Howdy, gents. Okay, another trade proposal for you, Mace. Number nine, Jerry Judy, Drew Locke, pick 114 and a 2022 third for number four and Julio thoughts. Thanks for the pot as always.
2: Oh, man I haven't I haven't given this notion any thought you of course put out there like you're yesterday you're dreaming of Julio
0: Jones yeah, a, you know what you, you know what I put out there think about this for a second and yeah. I literally meant a second because that's all the thought that should be put into it yeah
2: <laughs> but you still put it out there so people thought about it for more than a second <laughs> it,
0: well I mean it's an exciting thing uh, to think about
2: <laughs> it's an exciting thing and uh It actually actually makes some sense, but here's, here's a problem with that, okay? Atlanta can't really trade him before June 1. Right. Because if they trade him now, it actually hits more on their cap this year. His cap number would go for the Falcons if they trade him today or at the draft time, it would go from 23.05 million to 23.25 million. You, you would have to find a way to kind of have some creative structure to make sure the trade had a post June one designation. It's it, it, but then you're talking about draft picks in this year's draft. I think the gymnastics involved are probably unrealistic to talk about Julio
1: Jones.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I agree Mace, but I, it's it, speaking of this deal specifically um, I don't think the Falcons do the steal at all because I think nine, Judy, and Locke could be what it takes to get from just nine to four. And then you throw Julio in there and a 2022 third and pick 114 isn't gonna do it for Julio. I think there'd have to be more given up from the Broncos end. But if I'm the Broncos, yeah, I do this.
2: Now with Julio Jones, obviously. He's getting on in gears. He turned 32 back in February, and that's something that uh, may hinder his value because uh, you, you look at his age, but still amazingly productive. Uh, only played nine games last year, of course, but was on pace uh, for yet another year of around 1,350, 400 yards, uh, pushing into the 90s in receptions. He was averaging 15 yards a catch. Um, there's, there's a little bit of a of sign of a gradual decline, but not something huge. And it's fair. I think for Julio Jones, uh, given what he can do as a, as a receiver, I think it's fair to expect that if he over, if he doesn't have a recurrence of the hamstring injury that really caught that really cost him nearly half of the 2020 season, You can see Julio Jones going into a Larry Fitzgerald-like mode as he gets into his mid and late 30s. More of a possession guy, but still incredibly productive as he climbs uh, the league ladder in terms of receptions and yardage. So he's going to have some value. I just don't think that the particulars can work out for the Broncos. But if Atlanta trades Julio Jones, a team that gets him should be getting a guy that ought to be productive even though the style of production may, may change well into his mid to late 30s as long as the hamstring injury from last year isn't a sign of what is to come
0: right yeah and you, you just hope that he would stay healthy and you're getting mm-hmm. you know one of the best receivers of all time who I still think has a couple of years left
2: yeah I, I, I think if he doesn't have a hamstring issue this year if that doesn't come back I think he's got more than a couple. I think he play. I think he could play for another six to six, seven years. And, and kind of like Larry Fitzgerald put up these ungodly career numbers that basically scream hall of fame.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. So Mace really quick, take a second and think about this. Julio Jones, Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy, Tim Patrick, and KJ Hamler. How would that be? be great obviously in this scenario you don't have jerry judy but yeah i mean that would be something i think yeah crazy as it is i think uh von miller's chicken farm the falcons are saying no
2: yeah it's if if you but if you had julio and judy and sutton and patrick and hamler i'm thinking okay are they bringing back the running shoot are they going to go four wide as the base formation i mean seriously (laughs) <laughs>
0: they, what, what are you doing do no
2: something. Fan? let's just let's just not have a running back let's, <laughs> go, for, you, let's go, go for a while with the tight end uh, we're not going <laughs> to run the ball at all anymore yeah that's really not what you want to do with, given what the quarterback situation is going to be but
0: Oklahoma Bronco fifty eight chiming in with all the talk around trading up, or teams trying to jump the Broncos for a quarterback? I've been wondering about the Patriots, namely, why on earth would anybody in the rest of the league be open to dealing with the Patriots if it meant them finding their franchise quarterback? I understand you take the best offer, but there's the, but there's not a small part of every front office that wants to see the Patriots rither in pain for a few years because of all the success they've had for the past twenty. That's just me, but if I was a GM of any of the 31 teams i would refuse to trade with them for them to get their guy just so they know the pain of quarterback purgatory okay that's not how a lot of teams operate teams are (laughs) thinking okay what what
2: can i do to get the best deal and if the patriots are willing to give you a first round pick next year and something else to go from 15 to say detroit pick seven carolina pick eight They're not thinking in terms of, all. let's screw the Patriots. The only teams that would be thinking in terms of not helping New England are teams in the AFC East and maybe others in the AFC that are contenders. So Miami, even though Chris Greer and Brian Flores both worked in New England and Brian Flores was on the staff with Bill Belichick most of the last two decades, Miami is not going to give the lifeline. But other teams, if the Patriots give – a good offer, they're not going to sit there and say, well, we're not going to take it. We don't want to give the Patriots their quarterback They're They're thinking of their own needs and issues first, rather than screwing somebody else.
0: Yeah, you're 100% right there. Uh, Although I think if fans did this, Mace, Mm -hmm. and fans were the GMs, that would certainly come into play. (laughs) Yes. Virginia Beach Broncos. Hello, men. Long
2: time since our last post, but we've been listening religiously. So thank you for the incredible content. My 13-year-old son, David, the better half of Virginia Beach Broncos, is in the Mac Jones camp where I'm still pulling for Drew. However, we're both pulling for Justin Fields now. My daughter was diagnosed with epilepsy when she was seven. She's now 19. Once they figured out the correct prescriptions, the epilepsy has been managed amazingly. I understand why a GM might have paused with this revelation, but I hope it does not end up affecting Justin's draft position. Thursday night we'll be hosting our second annual zoom party with friends back in Colorado. while watching DMVR's coverage. We'll see you in the comments section. Well, appreciate you chiming in. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Love that you're gonna be watching. And uh, you know, that's, uh, that's a really good thing to hear about your, about your daughter, how she's managed epilepsy. And uh, we've seen, for example, in the NFL, Alan Fanica, he's going to the hall of fame Who? had epilepsy, kind of like Justin Fields and managed it and it didn't affect him, didn't keep him from having a great career. And that's why I, I look at actually I look at this as a positive because when you see something that somebody like this, that somebody has been able to overcome, like Virginia Beach Bronco's daughter, like Justin Fields has, I think it's a check mark in favor of the player for mm. overcoming that. Especially because this isn't something that that is, uh, it's, you know, obviously it's a medical condition, but it's not something that has affected his play and affected him physically.
0: Right. Yeah. And I agree. And thank you, Virginia Beach Bronco, for for letting us know about that. And so happy to hear about your daughter, that that it's been under control uh, since. And also love to hear David being in the Mac Jones camp. Let's go. And seriously, there, there has been, I'd say in the past four or five days, there's been more Mac Jones hype surrounding him actually being drafted by the Broncos than there has been for months in the past. Now, I still think he's off the board to san francisco with three so the broncos won't have an opportunity to get him but if he's on the board there before this past week i would have said the broncos are going to pass i'm not so sure the broncos pass if he's there at nine yeah
2: (sighs) i would but i don't think i don't know if they (laughs) if they would
0: Next one is a long one from Broncholic Seven Eleven. Hey guys, quick question to start off: and what will be the best way to follow your draft coverage? YouTube is the best way, so make sure that you're following us on YouTube, so you know when we're going live, and we'll be going live the entire. First round of the draft. He says, We'll be excitedly tuning in and can't wait. Uh, so pumped to have you rolling with us. He says, Now to more juicy topic, and I will try to summarize my thoughts without making this post too long. Well, you failed in that. Sorry in advance, Zach. You won't like it. My quarterback rankings one, Wilson, two, Lawrence, three, Lance, four, Fields. Then there's a huge gap, five, Jones. To explain, it really doesn't matter about the top two because everyone knows they're going one and two. Just put Zach number one to show that's how much I like him. His mechanics, especially footwork, are amazingly good. I wish after the 49ers trade. We offered nearly the exact same deal, maybe plus Drew for number two overall. No chance now with Darnold gone, but here's why. I think if we got Wilson, we'd be instantly be competing to have the best quarterback in the AFC West. I know. Call me crazy, but Wilson has far better footwork mechanics and is more accurate than Mahomes, or, or which equals a more accurate Mahomes. I think a quicker release and just as big of an arm. Oh, holy cow. Lance is the guy I realistically want to be a Bronco so much. My comp is that he's way more accurate version of Josh Allen out of college, and I think he's going to shock people in the way that Dak did with how quickly he's going to start playing and playing well. Wow, the ball just explodes out of his hand. Every catch at his pro day, you could hear the pop of hitting receivers' hands. If he goes number three, I don't want a first-round quarterback in the draft. Just pick up draft capital for next year. Field scares me. Just seems like a poor man's Lamar Jackson with lots of polished needs in every area of his mechanics. It may be too much to be able to fix. He will have to throw, uh, or, or he will have a throw I like, but then move moments later he will throw a complete dud also if he struggles to get to his second reads in college he will have such a hard time progressing to getting to his second plus reads at the next level we've already seen how a quarterback that's a slow mental processor works out in paxton lynch don't get me wrong paxton was so bad his college highlight videos made me cringe fields isn't that bad but in the meantime defenses will feast on that and our variety of offensive weapons to get to the way to to go waste with a quarterback That can't see the field. And then finally, Mac Jones. Sorry, Zach. I just don't see it. Why do you like him in Alabama in general so much, Zach? I think we could have drafted him and still had a top or and still have the fourth best quarterback in the AFC West. I've watched the pro days from the top five quarterbacks and some tape too. And as a former high school quarterback that loves to teach friends how to properly throw, this is my brief summary. We'll root for whoever we draft, but really hoping the Broncos fields or the Broncos interest in fields is one last smokescreen to hide the love for Lance. Go get him. If the 49ers pass, go Broncos. Well, Broncolic 7-11, I think the biggest difference in how we evaluate quarterbacks is I put a lot more Uh, a a lot more uh, input into the mental and the football like you than you do. You seem to just kind of blow past that in in your uh, rankings of these guys. And and that is the number one to me, the footwork mechanics, all that stuff is important, but uh, the mental part of the game is the most important for me. And Mac Jones has that with flying colors.
2: Yeah. And Mac Jones, other thing that that is interesting. uh, We talk about just, we talk about accuracy and go to, for example, adjusted completion percentage uh, that pro football focus has. And you see Mac Jones there at 84.2, Justin Fields uh, sitting there at 80.8, and then Zach Wilson at 80.3. I mean, Zach Wilson is certainly uh, fine, and, fine and dandy like sour candy there, but um, <laughs> Justin Fields and Mac Jones were a little bit a little bit better. I mean, uh, the the when I – When I watch Justin Fields, it's not uh, the the mechanics in the delivery. They aren't perfect, but they work for him. They don't affect the speed at which he delivers the football once he sets up the throw. In that regard, uh, it's maybe a very kind of a mild, and I'm not saying he throws like Philip Rivers, but Philip Rivers had an unconventional motion, right? But he still got the ball out quickly and accurately. And that's the kind of the thing I get with Justin Fields. That okay, it's not the, oh, my gosh, that's the classic textbook delivery. But he's getting the ball out quickly and he's getting the ball out accurately.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and I do think that, I mean, there's concerns with all of these guys, just very minor ones, starting with with Trevor Lawrence, but you can certainly pick out concerns for all of these guys. It's just how you weigh those concerns. And if you think your coaching staff and your organization can fix those. Exactly.
2: Bronco Oilers. What is up with this notion that trading a future first to go from nine to four is too much? I get that having a first-round pick is always beneficial, but it's not like this team has a ton of glaring holes. Plus, we've got the salary cap space to make moves in free agency next year. Our record over the past few seasons is clouding the fact that Denver has one of the better rosters in the NFL. We've proven time and again that we can add all the blue-chip talent we want, Miller, Chubb, Simmons, Sutton, Judy, Fant, etc., but we still won't be a winning team without a winning quarterback. I also don't think it's realistic for us to finish with high enough draft position to get a promising QB prospect anytime soon because this team is too well put together to finish with a top five pick. We'd arguably the worst QB play in the league in a shadow of our projected starting defense, and we still barely land in the top 10, which we are seeing barely gets us in range even for a deep QB class unless Peyton plans to devolve into complete dysfunction he's going to have to overpay for a quarterback whether he likes it or not if what is being whispered about the Broncos feelings on fields is true it would be beyond idiotic in my opinion to leave the opportunity open for a team like New England Chicago or Washington to jump ahead of us we are a quarterback away from contending the defense is ready and we cannot expect this offense to grow without a bona fide player at QB. Accumulate assets for what? Forget the point scale. Forget the prudence slash discipline. You've built the giant. Now you need the QB to wake it from its slumber. If Justin Fields is that dude, you go get him. And I don't care if it costs three first rounders. Well, I think real quick, Zach, you and I, I think we would, we be willing to go to four. Absolutely. Even if it took an audacious deal. I think what we're saying is we don't expect George Payton. Mm -hmm. to sacrifice a future first round pick to get from nine to four. I think that's, that's the thing in play because he does want to accumulate draft assets and thus going from nine to four and giving up a first round pick next year would seem to go against that philosophy. Although that being said, you know, for the Vikings, they have given up substantial draft capital for experienced players. For example, in 2016, they gave up a one for Sam Bradford after Bridgewater got hurt last year. They gave up a two for Yannick and uh, to bring him in, then turned around later that year when their season was kind of coming apart and dumped him off to Baltimore and got back a, a third round pick. So they are willing to give up some significant draft capital for guys who are proven, but Significant draft capital, including a future round one pick to move up in a draft. That's not something that has been their M.O.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree, and I agree with everything that Bronco Euler said. Spot on. Doesn't matter how good your team is. I mean, you may find you know one out of a hundred teams that don't have good quarterback play that are actually able to make it happen. It, the the 2015 Broncos are an anomaly. They are not the rule. The, the Broncos should not be pointing to them as saying, okay, we don't need uh great quarterback play. No, you need great quarterback play. Invest everything, and the Broncos have a good team now. Uh, in fact, I saw something from PFF today that said if the Bronco's draft Justin Fields they'll be a Super Bowl contender in 2022. Now that's, you know, the other extreme. That that's someone that really believes in Justin Fields panning out. Uh and uh, but that that is what this team could be. If they get a quarterback, who, who's to say that they're not competing whether it's for uh, you know, playoffs this year uh or, you know, AFC Championships games just in one year from now. Yeah, exactly. Oh my Next one coming in from Ozzy. wants the stash, we have some long ones today, fellas. It yeah. says two points. One, if you love the guy, go get him, right? Mace, move up to four, even if you lose one next year. As picks aren't graded as high in future years, spend those and then trade down later in this year's draft to a mass draft capital next year. Mucking around trying to save next year's ones might mean you miss out. You might have lower value picks next year, but have a ton. How many fans lose their ships if a seventh rounder flames out? You lit- lately have been risked it, trying to save that pick. Draft picks are always a crapshoot. Get who you want. Well, we just touched on that, and we both agree on that. He says too. Catching up with my Niners mate for draft day. Will you be recording the DNVR version on YouTube for me at um, to watch post draft? I'm keen as to see your reactions and how it plays out. But he won't be. Lol. It should be available. I hope post draft. I'm sure the big Tabowski's hot takes will be fun to hear. Of course, yes, on YouTube. And an important note, uh, if you ever miss a live show of ours on YouTube, whether it's, you know, ones we do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, including the three ring circus or the draft show, anytime we go live on YouTube, those are always just up there, uh, for forever on YouTube. So if you miss a live show, you can always watch it, uh, later on YouTube as well. Just search DNVR Broncos and you'll be able to find it. He says, let's go Broncos be bold and wise. Thanks to DNVR to making even more fun than it should be. Well, thank you so much for rolling with us aussie
2: appreciate those kind words aussie and uh uh, the other thing also with the uh, live draft show of course if it goes on youtube that means it gets archived and it'll be there on the dmvr youtube page uh what we remember what we did last year we took some of the live show and made it our podcast basically uh for those days and so like for example I mean, I don't think we're taking the entire first round show and making that the DMVR Broncos podcast for Friday, but there'll be uh, some there'll be some part that probably what is goes on after the pick and the analysis of it from everyone at the DMVR team. So there are there are going to be ways that you can find out what we have to say and uh, and how it ends up going so. Go ahead and check that out later on this week. Also check out our friends over at Hassle Cattle Company. We brought you damn good beer, and now we're delivering to you damn good beef. And it's so damn good that you can now get that blue-collar Wagyu beef from Hassle Cattle Company at the DNVR Bar. That's right. We could not resist putting this beef in the bar. You can now come down and build your own delicious Hassle Cattle Wagyu beef burger with all the toppings you want. And you can enjoy the watch parties while enjoying the finest beef. And you know what? That Hassel Cattle Company, Blue Collar Wagyu, is so good. I don't think you're going to need a lot of toppings. This may be one of those burgers where you just say, okay, give me a slice of tomato, a piece of lettuce, some raw onion, maybe a little drizzle of ketchup and mustard. That's it. Good to go. You're not going to need to sauce it up, uh, get a fried egg, all sorts of things. Or maybe you don't even need bacon. Hassel Cattle Company, of course, is the absolute best source for farm-to-table wagyu beef in the country. Let's tell you a little bit about Hassel. It's a fourth generation cattle farm out of Texas. They ship all over the USA and straight to your door. And they call their beef the blue collar Wagyu. Why? Because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassel Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, franks with no fillers, and two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy. Their hamburger won Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. Not only do we love the beef, The country loves their beef. These guys take their registered bulls and breed them with Angus cows, which gives you that very high prime product grown with zero antibiotics and hormones. So go on over to hasslecattlecompany.com. That's H A S S E L L cattlecompany.com. Use that magical code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. That's DNVR10 for 10% off. And if you take that order north of 200 bucks, you're going to get free shipping. So Get to two hundred dollars. Put that extra Hassle Cattle Company beef in your freezer and save it for later. Get so two hundred bucks, you get ten percent off. That's that's twenty dollars off. You get free shipping. It's like getting thirty or forty percent off, even perhaps, uh, because of the savings that you're going to have overall. So check out HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com
0: make sure to check out our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee because guys, you have not been giving them the love and they've been sad. So what they did was they upped the ante so that you would check them out again. They're giving you a new code DNVR25, gets you 25% off your first purchase over at Strava Craft Coffee. And Strava Craft Coffee isn't just delicious coffee, but it packs that CBD punch and CBD can help relieve aches, pains, headaches, migraines, anything What's going on with the body. CBD can help relieve, if not eliminate, including coffee jitters. A lot of people say that it gets rid of coffee jitters so they can drink as much coffee as they want without feeling jittery at all. So make sure to check them out over at Strava Craft Coffee. Use that code DNVR25 at checkout to get 25% off. And then after you've tried it and you've loved it, subscribe to Strava Craft Coffee and you'll receive 20% off every single order after that for life. And you can also have it set up where you, you can have your coffee delivered whenever you want. You can have it set every two, four, six, or eight weeks. It will just show up straight to your door. You don't need to go on their website and enter it at, or, or in order it every single time. It'll just show up straight to your door. And of course, if you want to try one cup, We'll stop by the DNVR bar and try Strava on cold brew. We've got it on tap at the DNVR bar. So make sure to try that. Once you like it, use that magical code DNVR25 to get 25% off. And then subscribe and get Strava sent straight to you for 20% off. Make sure to check them out. Strava craft coffee. Also make sure you check out our friends
2: over at solace meds, a new partner to DNVR and their dispensary. With smoking hot deals to offer, Solace Meds has four convenient Colorado locations. They're in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away from the DMVR bar on East Colfax. And right now, they're doing something really cool. They're giving away a trip to Jamaica. They're doing this right now through the month, through the end of April, which of course ends here on Friday. No BS. So what you do is this: you go on into the, one of their six locations, and by the way, they got two locations down in Oklahoma City. So if you're in OKC, check them out. You can sign up to win that trip to Jamaica. They will give you all the details on how to enter. You can visit SolaceMeds.com/sweepstakes to find the rules. That's S-O-L-A-C-E-M-E-D-S.com/sweepstakes to find out. Just head in any location, ask a bud tender how you can enter to win as well. What Solace Meds does is make your cannabis shopping experience a delight. You can head on over to their website, view their menu, order online, and pick up at your convenience. Just go to solacmeds.com and purchase from there. And more about that you make a trip. It's a seven-night, all-inclusive trip to the paradise in the caribbean again solace meds located just blocks east on colfax from the dnvr bar off broadway in wheat ridge and up in fort collins when you make your purchase be sure to use that code dnvr 20 dnvr 20 and get 20 percent off your entire purchase Hey, 420 was last week. What better way to celebrate the month of 420 in the month of April than with some great herb, the best customer service, 20% off your purchase and a chance to win a trip to Jamaica. So go on over to the closest Solace Meds, use the code DNVR20 for 20% off and get your name in that raffle. No purchase necessary. Open legal residents of Colorado 21 or over Oklahoma 18 or over ends on April 30th, 2021 official rules solacemeds.com slash sweepstakes void where prohibitive. prohibited this raffle ends on the 30th of april that of course comes on friday so show these guys some dnvr love and make sure you get in before friday to enter to win that trip to jamaica let us know and tag when you do
0: Next one coming in from Dan Burke. He says, Hey guys, so this is pretty long winded, but I think there's potentially something here. So here it goes. So I went back and looked at all the pro days that Peyton attended and one sticks out like a sore thumb, the South Carolina one. The reason it sticks out is because they only had one top tier prospect. Unlike a team like Penn state, that has is three top 100 prospects and neither Fangio or Donato were on the trip. Also this trip to see horn was after the Broncos acquired Kyle Fuller, at which point cornerback became less of a consideration for them. That got me thinking, what if the main reason of the trip was to put the framework of a trade in place? I looked at the other GMs who attended, and the one that jumped out to me was a Packers GM, Brian Gutekunst. There's various reports coming out of the Packers' sphere on Jordan Love, varying from the Packers' want to trade him or the Packers' want to push him with another quarterback. If you all think back to 2019, the Packers, this same regime, we're very interested in Drew Locke. I'm convinced they took love in 2020 because of how Drew looked in 2019. Goody has a history of trading for toolsy second round quarterbacks with shaky accuracy when he traded then starting corner Demarius Randall for Deshaun Kaiser, who was worse than Drew as a starter in Cleveland. So there's a precedent on the Packers side here. If the Broncos go on to draft Fields, I think we can all agree that the Broncos draft Fields and Teddy Bridgewater makes the most sense as a veteran in the room, and Drew will get traded. What what if the Packers trade a fourth for Locke and the Broncos use that pick on Teddy?
2: Uh, this is all kind of cra- uh, kind of crazy, although interesting. Um, that being said, why would you go on a trip to put a trade in place when you can accomplish the same thing by picking up the phone?
0: Mm, to be even more sneaky i guess (laughs) i guess that dan burke has figured you out packers yeah um
2: honestly i i i think he brings some interesting points up dan burke but uh, no uh, i don't think you take a trip to a pro day in the middle of a pandemic um just to say, hey, let's talk to another GM when you can accomplish the same thing by getting on the phone. The, all the GMs have have each other's numbers. That, that, that is actually easy to do. Now, with Jordan Love, I mean, what have we really seen regarding reports, okay? Because there was that FanDuel, throw crap at the wall um, uh, th- report that uh, we alluded to. Well, not report, it was speculation uh, uh, yesterday um and and then and then of course we've got uh, you know like a headline from fan sided saying Packers should, should cut bait with Jordan Love while they uh, while they have the chance uh, is is Brian Gutekunst going to admit that he was wrong on this right away I mean, I think this is, it's one of, this is one of those things where somebody put this out in speculation and now all of a sudden it's this rumor that has legs and it doesn't seem like there's, there's anything to it. Realistically. (laughs) It's just somebody threw crap at the wall and everyone's jumping And this. And this is why I right now, I hate this moment with the fire of a thousand suns. I
0: just want to get to the draft. Oh, see, I love this. I love what Dan's doing, oh. just piecing things together, trying Sorry, to figure Dan. it out. <laughs> I love Sorry, it. Dan. I'm here for this. I love all of the, you know, would, would you rather do this or that from you guys? But uh, Mace, I, I understand your frustration and that this, that'll all come to an end in 48 hours. This
2: is Charlie Kelly putting all the stuff that, you know, the, the, the gift, like, you know, got all the strings together and all
0: that. That's what this feels like. <laughs> yes <laughs> next one from maybe the dingo H.O. baby pick a hall of fame player out of every player available in the 2021 draft at any position wouldn't chalk say trevor lawrence yes it, it would and another one is uh kyle pitts i mean you go uh, with the number one quarterback and you go with the number one non-quarterback and the number one tackle Panay sewell Mm, Yeah. I would probably stop short uh, of Sewell right Mm -hmm. now, but yeah, he's probably third on the list.
2: Yeah. I I think uh, that's where it goes. The the rest, the rest is uh, to some degree throwing darts, uh, blindfolded.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people may say Jamar chase as well, um, Mm -hmm. but he's not even the consensus number one, right? Wide receiver.
2: Right. And, and you're talking about wide receivers as well. And guys keep taking those standards you know, higher and higher to the point where, you know, I I think we're going to hit a a moment where the the flow of receivers in the hall of fame comes to a, a bit of a halt. And so maybe you have guys who have great careers that find themselves on the outside looking in.
0: Right. That's, that's a good point. Coach Tobin says, hello guys. I know quarterback is important, but I'm really concerned about our punter situation is there a free agent or draft candidate we could lure in? I don't know if he's being sarcastic or not, but, uh, if you're being serious, no, there, there's no one. The Broncos are rolling with Sam Martin at punter.
2: Yeah. I mean, Sam Martin had a very, had had a, a good season last year. I mean, uh, not talking about being pro bowl worthy, for example, but, uh, uh, you you go, but you go by last year and, uh, you know, Sam Martin, he had an average of 46.8 gross. His, his net was uh 42, his net was one. And, uh, I was actually saying, I was trying to search on NFL.com and sort through and find out where the, the net ranked. And unfortunately, uh, didn't didn't work out here. Let's uh, go through this. Well, ranty. don't worry
0: about it, Mace, because we know the Broncos are sticking with Sam Martin, anyways, and he was fine last year.
2: Yeah, I mean he, he's he's basically a top. He's basically an average to slightly above average punter, and that's more than what you had, and
0: that's fine. And he goes on and says, also, how does one become eligible? <coughs> excuse me, to be a participant of the red zone trivia deal on the Three Ring Circus. I think I could make a run. Got my Manscaped packaged order. Yee. Hey, Coach Tobin, wow. why don't you hit me up either on Twitter at Zach Stevens, DNVR, or on email Zach ZAC at the DNVR.com and we'll get you on the list to be entered into the red zone. And we've got a little waiting list going on, but we want that to keep racking up. So anyone that wants to enter, do one of those things. Either hit me up on Twitter or send me that email. Love yep. to hear from you, Coach. Next one from Jason17. Would you, would you rather be able to fly knowing you can only fly two and a half miles per hour or be able to be invisible knowing the invisibility only lasts 30 seconds with a 75 second cooldown? Hope y'all are staying positive and testing negative
2: invisibility, right? I mean, I can, I can walk faster than, than that pace of flying. Think about what you could do with that invisibility. I mean, 30 seconds is basically enough, for example, to sneak in to any sporting event in the world. I mean, you're kind of linger outside the gate and then you have your 30 seconds of invisibility You cl- quickly dash in and then dash around the corner. And then you cut and then you're visible again and cooling down and you're good to go, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. 30,
2: 30 seconds of invisibility is, um, that's probably, it. if you t- remember in uh, in Groundhog Day, when um when bill murray's character phil connor's times the ability to go get the bag of cash from the guys unloading the truck 30 <laughs> seconds of invisibility is enough time to grab a bag of cash and just kind of sneak away
0: um yeah the flying would be really cool but at that speed i'm and you know if it was 25 miles an hour i may do that but yeah i'm doing the invisibility yeah
2: I, I, but or just uh, honestly on sporting events alone i mean i i 30 seconds of invisibility. I'm, I'm sneaking in every sporting event I can get to.
0: Man, that would be something else. Wouldn't it? Then you have to find a way, obviously
2: to, uh, to, to sit down without a ticket. But, um, you know, the way that they're building venues nowadays, you can just kind of stand. A lot of them have places to just stand and watch, you know, like you could, right. you could get, you could watch the entire, like if the Rockies were good. I think this had more value, but, you Could watch every game at Coors Field for free this way. You use the invisibility to sneak in for 30 seconds, and then you just stand, uh, you know, behind home plate, behind the lower level, and watch the game. That'd, that'd be great,
0: <laughs> yes, it Go would. Or the be. rooftop, I mean, it's you know,
2: yeah, gra- grab a seat at the rooftop if you want. And,
0: uh,
2: <laughs> um, in Atlanta at Old Turner Field, you could. They had the they had these these stools you could you could kind of grab sometimes and you could sit at at one high top and just kind of watch the game. I mean, you know, you're fabulous. That's what Man. I do.
0: It would be next one from LDJ. I need help. Uh, how do I cope if the Broncos passed on Justin Fields and trade down? Like, help me make sense because it makes none. Why is it Trey Lance or trade down? Like, is that seriously what's going on? That's uh, I have not heard Trey Lance or trade mm-hmm. down. Um, I, I do believe if Justin Fields is there, that will be the pick. Um, yeah. but LDJ, let's say that does happen. I can't make sense of it,
2: but here's the thing. You got so many conflicting things things out there like a uh, bank benjamin albright tweets out this morning quote the closer I, I it gets to the draft the less i think denver is taking a qb in the first obviously could and if the right specific qb was there it would certainly be a conversation but the way this thing is shaking out i'm tre- trending they go in a different direction and he thinks that justin fields goes in the teens. either way so if benjamin albright is right fields would go in the teens and the broncos would pass on him i mean this is you know and yet you know you know you, you hear that the broncos like Fields. Uh, Look, clearly, clearly, there. Uh, not everybody knows what the Broncos are thinking, and maybe George Payton is just keeping his cards extremely close to the vest on this.
0: Right. Yeah. It, that, yeah. that 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 could be the case. Um. Yeah. I mean, a lot, lot of hedging going on there with what Albright said. Yeah. I I am curious. Uh. What what it would be. Uh, who the quarterback is, according to to Albright, but I, LDJ, so, I couldn't. I, help that, make sense I think, of yeah, and I think, uh,
2: yeah, who the specific quarterback was, and the other thing is, um, maybe the quarterback is just going to be Drew Locke. Yeah, that would make some fans
0: happy. It, it would make some fans happy. Yeah, I, I don't know if it makes fans. Happy guess it would make a couple of fans happy i think i think some fans would be able to understand and probably a few would be happy about it
2: i think it would probably make about one third of the fans happy and two
0: thirds of the fans pissed Yeah. Interesting. Next one from Tommy T slice. Uh, he throws his email in there too, but he says, Hey fellas, been listening to you guys for over a year and you finally got me just subscribed last week. Got, em. got him. Been a Broncos fan since 96 when my dad bought me a TD jersey on his business trip to Denver. Guess that wasn't a wise move by a Raiders fan. You guys are awesome. Excited to be here. And Ryan, if you're ever in Lake Tahoe again, I'll show you a great time. Tommy and NorCal Tommy, What's up? Thanks for joining the fam and saying hello. So pumped to have you rolling with us and man, I curious how a, why a Raiders fan would buy you a TD Jersey, but Hey, we're happy that happened. and happy that you're rolling with us.
2: Amen. Love the fact that you're rolling with us. Thanks for hit for hitting the subscribe button after uh, listening. And it's great to have you along with us.
0: Next one from B ham Bronco. Hey guys, my question today is something not draft related. Whoa. Are there any free agents out there that you want the Broncos to bring in right now? Thanks for the excellent coverage as always. Um, you know what? They appear to be high on
2: Jawan James and expect him to play. And that's fine. Um, I, uh, in an ideal situation, I would have brought in uh, Alejandro Villanueva and seen if he could convert to right tackle.
0: And he's off the board, isn't he?
2: Uh, is he? Didn't I he, thought
0: didn't, didn't he go to Baltimore?
2: Uh, I was looking. I'm looking at a list right now that was uh, that said he was available, but
0: oh, okay, maybe
2: maybe my list isn't isn't in, is inaccurate. Hang on.
0: Um, oh, I know they were talking to him.
2: Expected to sign with Baltimore. He hasn't signed. Right. He's vis- He's yeah. He's visited the Ravens. They're confident they can get a deal, but he's not a Raven yet. So there you go. Yeah. But they're not going to do that because they're going to see what Juwan James can do. I mean, really, it's. it's believe it or not, like one of the guys that actually (laughs) could help you depth wise is a guy that you cut and that's Jarrell Casey.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, Yeah. Man, Jarrell would be nice if he could stay healthy. Uh, I thought you were going to say DeMar Dotson, if you want some depth, he could be there.
2: Yeah. And uh, maybe with DeMar and with DeMar Dotson, if he stays in shape, maybe that's the guy that you just keep on speed dial.
0: Right. Yeah, and and that that that's you, should, you certainly should have a month speed dial if you don't draft a tackle, uh, mm-hmm. in, in this draft, which you should be drafting a tackle in this draft
2: at some point. Yeah, it, probably day three, but I think he, I think you will add a tackle to that. Maybe the Dango H baby. Yeah, I had to pop back in. I was just listening to some so called experts. They said the pocket passer has passed the NFL by, and their dinosaurs weren't useful in the modern modern NFL. Yeah, but because Tom Brady just won another Super Bowl with his feet right. Oh, and those Steve Young, John Elway types were only licensed when they hung up their, their arms and started winning with their feet, okay? If these analysts get more than minimum wage, they're overpaid. I think, look, <laughs> we, here, here's the problem. What you're talking about is there's a pocket passer who has no mobility, no, no discernible mobility. Those guys are, uh, they're not going to do anything with their legs. Those guys are Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, for example. There are pocket passers who, when things break down, can take off and run. That's Trevor Lawrence. That's Zach Wilson. That's Justin Fields. That's Trey Lance having that element is I think crucial now to where the game is going, because that's also Patrick Mahomes, it's Josh Allen. That's Russell Wilson pocket passers who, when it breaks down can run, which means you force the defense to play you with some honesty, to, to, to have a spy on you. That's what you're looking for. And I don't think anyone is looking for a a quarterback who is more of a runner right now. I think that's going to be, that's going to be a downgrade. So someone like a, uh, like a a Lamar Jackson, he's got to learn how to be a pocket passer. He's still learning that. And that's why I that's why he went 32 and Cam Newton, he preferred to run in particular, run to contact. I don't think that's something that you necessarily want. You want a pocket passer who has mobility. And I think the the, the mobility, escapability, or just simply the ability to take off and get a, a quick 15 yards with their legs, as long as you're not running the contact, as you're running away from contact, that is ideally what you want.
0: You yeah. don't want to stack you. Yeah, I mean, it, there, there's no question the modern day prototypical NFL quarterback uh, it is the guys that can move the Justin Fields, the Patrick Mahomes is the guys that can move, but win from the pocket first and then move. But where I agree with maybe the Dingo H or baby is I agree that, that a pocket passer is, is not dead, even one that doesn't have mobility. Those guys are still thriving in the NFL, and I think that they will continue to do well in the NFL now. I don't think it's going to be, you know, 90% guys, 90% of quarterbacks are immobile. I think it's going to be, you know, 80% of, of quarterbacks in the NFL are mobile. But I still think there's going to be 20% that have success like a Mac Jones type where they don't have to be mobile. They thrive in the NFL if they if they are
2: supremely accurate and they are on a higher level in terms of reading defenses and adapting the coverages. Than almost anybody else and like with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers for example and Rodgers has some mobility obviously but these guys they took a decade plus to kind of reach the level where they could beat you with your mind and then uh, and then just the arm. even even Tom Brady it took him about really even though he won Super Bowls early it took him about five or six years before he was really dominant. Like you can look at the New England team in 04 for in, in 03, for example, 03, 04, And they, as as good as Brady was, they also leaned on a great running game. Corey Dillon had a huge season in one of those Super Bowl seasons that for the Patriots. So I think that's that's the thing. Mac Jones, it will take him some time to kind of reach that. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers level of being able to read a a defense as smart as he is, that's not something that's going to happen right away. So is is he going to be viable while he, because unlike some of these other quarterbacks, Mac Jones cannot count on looking at a defense and and having one guy out of coverage because he's spying on him, whereas Trevor Lawrence can have that and Zach Wilson can have that.
0: Yeah, do I think that Mac Jones is going to come in and have Tom Brady's mind year one? No, but Mace, I would actually give some give some pushback to that. In Tom Brady's second season as a full starter, he led the NFL with 28 interceptions. So I, I don't think it took him that long. Ben Roethlisberger is a rookie. He's not a mobile guy. Uh, he went 13-0 his, his rookie year. Obviously, a lot of help from his team, but still 66% completion, 17 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Next year, he goes out 17, 17 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. I agree with you. you. You have to have the mental game on lock, but I just think that Mac Jones does have that. I'm not advocating for any immobile quarterback. No way. You have to be special in the area of football IQ. Yeah. Uh,
2: 28 touchdowns, you mean, right? Uh yeah. What and did I say? And
0: his second interceptions, I think you said. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. 28 touchdowns. Yeah. He
2: had he had 28. He had 28 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. In in year two in year two he was also still kind of becoming the the accurate quarterback that he became he was over sixty percent which was good at the time but like you start kind of looking at where his production became supersized
0: and I would say leading the NFL is is supersized
2: well in touchdowns but not in. Yard, but not in yards per attempt. His rating was 85.7, which was above, which was a little, which which was a little bit above average at the time that year. It wasn't. It wasn't to where we were talking about. Oh my gosh, he's 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 dominant. He was regarded as a good young quarterback who was who who was on his way. But that's kind of the Tom Brady where we all start saying, "Wow." We start seeing that as you get into the mid 2000s more so than in. 2002.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's just a little thing, but I guess yeah. we'll just have to agree to disagree. I would say yeah. winning super bowls and leading the NFL and touchdowns is, is pretty dominant, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, 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 you do have to be special when it comes to, to being able to break down the game on a mental standpoint, if you're not going to have the ability to run. I I do agree with that. And Mace, I think final one coming in from Bronco Euler here. He says, I'm not sure how close you are all to the situation, but from what Ben Albright has put out on KOA and on Twitter, the Broncos seem to favor Mac Jones and will potentially take him at nine, but if not trade out of the pick, in your opinion, how likely is it that it's Jones or trade down? It seems a little off to me and his proximity to the organization, literally and figuratively makes me wonder if there's an element of misdirection here to prevent teams from jumping them thoughts.
2: Mm. This is why I, I think you take everything with a grain of salt right now, because like you hear stuff and then you hear stuff that contradicts the other st- the stuff that you just heard. So I don't think anyone really knows.
0: right basically and and what have we have we seen about george payton throughout his tenure with the broncos even though it's been short there's been very few leaks so maybe maybe nothing that anyone has heard is is true at all but from what i've been told uh justin fields they really like him if if he's there it could be him i also have started to hear some buzz on mac jones uh so i'm not ruling that out but just to say that it's mac or bus that's at least not what i'm hearing
2: yeah we'll see. I would say this, um, whatever you want the Broncos to do, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst,
0: oh, but boy. prepare for, de-
2: hope for the best, but prepare for disappointment. That's oh. what I would tell. And this is true, whether you want a quarterback or you don't want a quarterback, just like I said, be, be, be steeled for a letdown
0: whatever you want. Oh no, we're all preparing for a letdown. Mm-hmm. And one thing that won't let you down is our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. We've had several DNVR listeners switch over to Green Mountain Dental over the years. And they've told us that they have not let them down. They've lived up to all of the hype and expectations that we've given them because they are a family dentistry, which means that you're not a number, you're a person to them. And what do you do to people when you know them? Well, you, you follow up with them and make sure they're doing okay after they have a dental procedure and that's what they do over at Green Mountain Dental. They're in the DNVR bar. We're in Green Mountain Dental. It's one big happy family and we would love it if you supported them as well. And Guys, they're giving away free Sonicare toothbrush. All you have to do is schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush for them. So Go over to them, get great customer service, get your teeth cleaned, and get a free Sonicare toothbrush just by taking care of your teeth. It doesn't get better than that. They're a long Time dnvr partner they've showed us the love for many many years so make sure to show them the love they're only a 15 minute drive from downtown denver so make sure to check them out and schedule that cleaning x-ray and exam to receive a free sonic toothbrush well mace that'll do it for us today 48 hours away let's go baby i can't wait for Andrew mason i'm zach stevens thank you so much for rolling with us we cannot wait for this draft coverage with you guys have a terrific tuesday we'll talk to you tomorrow
1: How long's it been since you and I Rolled out the truck and took a country drive